I have a question for you, and this is kind of part of the stuff I wanted to talk about today because I had so many cool ideas, and not only with me rewriting chapter eight and finishing that, I kind of need to do a couple of passes at the other um, flashback chapters. Yep. Um, Makes sense. So, how do I want to word this? with characters last episode we talked about uh motivation right like what drives each character how does you know from what position does janet operate she operates from dominance zero operates from competence the assassin operates from manipulation yeah so these are all the driving mechanics, the driving components of the characters themselves. But the characters themselves also serve as pieces of a narrative. They're building blocks. They're, 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 they're widgets in the machine. They're spokes on the wheel, you know? Yeah. And so, and by I say purpose, I mean they they serve a function to which only they can serve and that function justifies their very existence in the story you with yeah. me so far oh yeah it's real navel gazy up your own belly button stuff and let's start with janet what do you think her function in the story is janet's function in the story i would say she, I mean, there's kind of a common thread in a lot of my detective type characters. There's a common thread with Darius, which if we wanted to get into the weeds was probably why she, part of why she and him got along because they had this sort of similar, like, like, like they bent to them. Um, at least the part that made them get along, not the part that made them like not get along, mm -hmm. um, which is a whole other story, is that she can't let it go. Which again, that kind of makes that kind of vibes with a bit, that bit about how she wants to go off and find Lieutenant Lang's killers on her own because mm -hmm. she just can't let a she, she, she she's she's one of those people who like when, you, when something happens that she doesn't like, it just nags at her until she either makes it right or somebody else makes it go away. Um, and that's basically what happens here. You know, she 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 very easily could have just told Oscar to disintegrate to vaporize the dead the dead artificial dead zarn whatever that had had no id and they could have just made that problem vanish but that didn't sit well with her she wanted to get to the bottom of it because she had to know even if it was you know possibly detrimental to her own health what the hell is going on here there's something going on here that's not right now i want to know what the fuck it is so her purpose is to basically be a ferret She's ferreting out information, ferreting out leads until she gets to the bottom of whatever it is. Again, even if it's not necessarily good for her own mental and physical well-being, because again, kind of going back to the bit about and going back to the bit about how this vibes with her go, trying to go off on a one-man crusade to hunt down Draconis. You know, she's 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 a blunt instrument. You know, she'll 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 hunt after something and and beat at it with with a hammer even if a scalpel is what's called for, if that makes any sense. So she, I would say her purpose is 
the driving force of the narrative. Yes, that's a good way to put it. That's probably a better way to put it than what I was saying. And I'm, I'm, I've gone somewhere with all this. No, you're fine. But yeah, um, and so, and, and and she's the uh, driving force of the narrative. She's the one that, um, since she can't let it go, uh, her character trait of not being able to let it go is the fuel for the engine that keeps the narrative going. Right, that her her personality defect, that bit of character development, is the whole impetus for the whole story. Without that one driving, you know, like I can't let this shit fucking go, uh, uh, it, it just forces the story to keep going. And none of the story happens without her, and none of it. Uh, uh, happens without that little bit of character development, right? What does Alyssa do that uh, uh, if we took Alyssa out of the story, does the story change? What is the thing that she does? What is the purpose that her character serves? I think the purpose of Alyssa is to basically be I can never remember what the different parts of like the kind of, of, of what consciousness or, or like are in relation to you. Had, like it versus ego versus super ego. Don't yeah. use the Freudian terms. Um, Janet is, or not, I'm sorry, Alyssa is basically Janet's conscious conscience. You know, she's basically the one who sort of reins her in and says, "Wait a second, here's the better way to do this." She's not necessarily stopping her from chasing down those leads once she gets once she joins the, the group the, their the partnership but right. she's one who sort of offers sanity because again janet is a blunt instrument you, um Alyssa is again to go sort of back to last week's topic where it's like you know where what are their what are their um restraints their, you know their, their narrative events or their, their motivations uh, Alyssa is more of a is more cerebral she operates from a place of thoughtfulness she operates from a place of um, she would she would be more. I think I think we did actually talk about this in last week's episode. But she she is Alyssa is more like zero than like Janet in many ways. She she is more she comes more from a space of competency and wants to just see. Okay, this is the best way to do this. Here's why. Here's how we're going to do it. We'll go do it. Um, so she kind of offers a. Um, she's like a mediator for Janet. Janet's kind. She's kind of like the good cop and the bad good cop bad cop routine. What I would say is this, and I say this wildly from the greatest position of love, but how much I believe in the Erebus effect and how much I, I so, I, 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 yeah. As it stands now, you could combine Alyssa and Zero together mm-hmm. because they both serve the same function. They both serve that um, uh, 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 voice on her shoulder. They both serve the voice of the conscience. You could make zero 10% more emotional and that it serves the same function. Yeah. However, here's my pitch on that. Mm-hmm. Because in the last act, right before they go to the evil secret lair in Protocon, um, 
Alyssa doesn't really do anything after they get to the evil lair, right? Like she gets captured and then she sits in a chair and then she gets rescued by Janet and they leave, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really affect the plot <clears throat> past that point. The Really, the, <clears throat> the, the last place where she impacts the plot to where she does an action that no one else does that justifies her existence there the whole story is she shoots the assassin when the assassin's about to strangle Jan yeah that's the most important thing she does in the whole book it's the she has the greatest impact on the entire storyline right there and so with that past that she doesn't really do anything and I think in the fight with the assassin she should get so injured she can't go to protocol after that and the whole point of her going because here's my pitch I don't want to rewrite the ending the the whole point of going to Baba Yaga's is a place to put Janet to convalesce right because like I said she doesn't really that gets it she doesn't really impact the plot in any significant way and if someone doesn't impact the plot in any significant way they have no business being a part of it because there's a line where the assassin says oh we'll deal with you later it reads like us as the writers didn't know what to do with Alyssa so we put her off in the corner but Baba Yaga's is the perfect place to put her off in the corner have her be so injured that she's like no I can still go as like she's missing a foot or something I don't know that's part one of my pitch part two all Baba Yaga's gotta do give her a ride because much like Alyssa when Alyssa gets the protocon everything cool that Baba Yaga does is off screen and all her people do things off camera and they don't really impact the plot after that so they don't even really need to go to the party right and and so here's my pitch of all of us Alyssa fights the assassin gets the assassin to whatever uh, or you know uh, protects Janet from the assassin is so damaged in that fight she can't leave Baba Yaga's Babiaga says, hey, I'll give you a ride and I'll protect your friend. And I kind of think we have to give some sort of like material incentive for Babiaga to even do anything. Because old friends are great, but also to stick your neck out for someone else because they were friends with a guy you dated back in the day is a bit of a stretch. And when Bobby and all of that is to say kill the assassin in the nightclub Alyssa kills the assassin right and stick with me here because here's where it gets spicy Alyssa kills the assassin the assassin beats up Alyssa so bad that she has to be dropped off at Baba Yaga's because then his entire purpose his, the, the, and, and, and their greatest 
mechanical narrative purposes intersect with each other. They take each other off the board. Narratively speaking, right? Yep. You have this other guy because Janet's driving the plot and the other guy is driving the danger, right? But yep. past the past the nightclub, the assassin doesn't really do too much. He just kind of becomes a lackey. You know, he's just kind of like there after the evil boss or whatever. And 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 then he's like, You should join me and we'll be assassins together. And she kills him. But I'm like, you can cut that. And 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 so kill him there. And here's where it gets good. You have the assassin's dead. Alyssa's off the board. They go to Protocon. She doesn't get captured in Protocon. She hops in the back of a truck in Protocon. Because when she gets captured, it means she's not driving the narrative. Alyssa is nothing if the person that she is old, she is absolutely drive personified. No, Janet is the, uh, Janet, sorry, Janet have her get to Protocon, have her get not captured, have her find the disc or the widget or the crystals or whatever. Then she hops in a truck to go to the bad guy's lair. So that way she's still driving her narrative. She's not captured. And mm-hmm. while she's going off to the bad guy's lair, or maybe the bad guy's lair is underneath Protocon. So that way it's all in one place, but you could have both because you kind of want to have the scene where Zero gets like deprogrammed. So, and I like that, that's really good. And so while she's in the back of the truck that she hopped in, Zero gets to program. So that by the time she faces the bad guy, who I think his name is Dalton. Um, what's that? Dalton. Dalton. She's all by herself. And then she's like, I'm a robot, but I'm really a person. And then she loses. The story ends with her losing because she gets reprogrammed to be the next assassin. And then the reader thinks back to all of the rest of the book, sees how she's unhinged, sees how she just fucking kills the herons and enjoys it. There's a glee to her. She was meant to be an assassin sleeper agent the whole time. And the assassin she kills, that's her future, right? She can see that and say, oh, you know, that's what she's going to become. And, and, and then Dalton's there and then he's like, yeah, we let you break in because you killed my assassin and I need a new one. Tag, you're it. And then that way, the book ends. Alyssa is damaged, but she's healing. She'll be a protagonist in the future. Janet has been converted to the dark side. That leaves uh, 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 the Europa goodbye to establish Darius. And in book three, the assassin is set to kill Darius. And Alyssa's got to be like, hey, let me help you. Let me stop talk you right there. Talk to me. Let me stop you right there. Talk because I don't, I don't know. I, I Again, one of the things that I should have done for you, um, and again, the first thing I want to say 
I want to get out of the way right now. These are wonderful ideas. This is a good storytelling. This is a sort of thing that I, that makes this like cooperative writing thing fun. So if I like sound like I'm rebutting any of this, it's not because I don't agree or because I think it's a bad idea. It's because I already had my own ideas pre-established okay. that we can probably adapt. That's the good news. Here's the here's the story. Um, book two of the of the Airbus effect triptych or whatever you want to call it is called um, um, the Europa Goodbye. We already know that. The Europa Goodbye is in itself part of a possibly a small series of books about Darius being a detective on Europa, which okay. is basically a corporate town. You know, Europa is basically a, a, a world, a world-spanning corporate town. It's run by a corporation called Interplanetary Dynamics, which is basically like the post office, which is basically like UPS for the solar system. Okay. And they're basically rich enough they can own a moon and do what they want there. It's kind of like if it's kind of like these some of these like like quasi dystopian or fully dystopian satires you see where it's like oh Zuckerberg's a king in the next 50 years or something like that and he basically owns the moon or something like that um it's kind of like that that's kind of what this kind of what IPD is um but the third book in this canon of Janet's story Darius's story so whatever so on and so forth is called Tracers and okay. Tracers is about a character named Moira Halleck. Moira Halleck is a, how to describe Moira Halleck? She is also a veteran of the Taconis crisis and she's basically a bruiser. Okay. She's basically a, a, a heavy. Um, she, she's, she's basically a um, person who, you know, she, she's sent in to quiet down trouble areas and kill people who are causing trouble. She's basically if Janet had even less tact. Um, and what she is in this in this story is a tracer. A tracer is kind of like a bounty hunter. It's basically a glorified, it's basically another term for bounty hunter. They, a, a tracer is like a state-sanctioned bounty hunter. I, I know bounty hunters are technically state-sanctioned anyway, but she's basically a, a bounty hunter who works for the ICA government to hunt down criminals and either bring them to justice or eliminate them. And this is this is kind of an idea I got from things like Firefly. Again, like you have you have these bounty hunters, Firefly, who are meant to, or not not Firefly, but also um, uh, Cow Cowboy Bebop. You know the way they the way they man they manage the right the rampant criminal underworld of the Cowboy Bebop universe, which is in many ways similar to the Spacer Saga universe, is they have bounty hunters who you know get to who get, who get paid rewards to hunt down criminals and eliminate them. Um, that's basically what Mara does. She's an, she's an ex-soldier, she's a badass, and she's a tracer. And she gets tasked with, like her latest trace is hunting down missing ALCA agents, Janet Harkov and Alyssa Yukawa, who've been missing for 20 years. And they want, and the, the ICA wants to find out where they went because they, might, they think they might have some information about the Zarn Collective. The Zarn Collective obviously was formed after the Zarns had an uprising only a few years after the events of, of the of the um, the Airbus effect. And um, yeah, so it's in many ways, in, in a way, it's sort of similar to 
Blade Runner 2049. It's sort of how you know Brian Gosling's character is a is another Blade Runner who gets tasked with who who not maybe doesn't get tasked with, but decides to hunt down the original Blade Runner and find out what happened in the original movie. Um, and that's kind of what happens with Moira. And for that to happen, Janet and Alyssa get away at the end of at least in the, in the current lore, the current the current version, which again we can we can workshop however much we want, which is, that's the beauty of it. It's nothing's published yet. Um, nothing's published yet, so it's not set in stone. Uh, but my my current idea is that Alyssa and Janet, Janet and Alyssa, get away at the end of the Airbus effect. And Darius helps them sort of escape into the frontier, like the like the outskirts of the solar system, and basically like hiding out on Pluto or something like that. Like this, basically as far from as far from the rest of civilization as you can get. And that's where Moira hunts them down, and then finds out what their secret is. And the secret is, oh well, it has I haven't I, I haven't worked that far ahead yet because that's like again that's several books ahead of where I am right now. I haven't written the second book yet. I haven't even finished writing the first draft of the second book, let alone started drafting the third book. Um, but the secret is something to do with like, oh, the Zarns have this network of spies all throughout human space. That's how they were able to pull off the uprising. Like there's this is sort of suspected, but basically the the secret they have is this this network, this list of names of people who were who were Zarn Zarn infiltrators, because not all of them were found. So the ICA wants this list so they can try and weed out these these infiltrators. But the Zarns and Alliance are also looking for this list because they know that it could help them with their operations so it's kind of a, it kind of becomes a big shit show um so to speak but with that said maybe what could happen at the end of the Airbus effect is Janet's about to be you know transformed whatever you whatever you want to call it into this into the next generation of the assassin program or something like that and then Alyssa shows up to save her I don't know. Again, I'm, this is something that we're going to need to work on because I don't necessarily want to throw out the future stories, um, but I don't necessarily want to just discount discount what you've suggested out of hand. It's, it's cool stuff, but I just don't know how to incorporate it. That's the problem. Well, two things here. I think 20 years, you have enough time to play with to where, because what I pitched, where, and again, you're the final approving authority for the Spacer Saga. Mm-hmm. And, and my whole goal is to just uh, make it as, as, as best as it can be. Um, so I don't know if... So at the end of, uh, of the Erebus Effect, the robots... If you... If you have the if you have the Saharan plot win at the end, and Janet loses, I don't know if that affects. There's twenty within twenty years you can have that book where they or you could say they deprogrammed Janet or something. But maybe they didn't deprogram her fully. Like maybe in the third book there's like some. It's kind of like uh, shit. I don't know how many Call of Duty games you've played in your, in your life, but. It's, it's kind of like you know how sometimes when people are programmed, like, yeah. like like brainwashed, some of the brainwashing leaks out even after they've been deprogrammed, yeah. so to speak. 
like like you'll like sound like kind of like in kind of like in the Marvel movies how Bucky uh, can still be triggered somewhat by the old brainwash even after he's not brainwashed supposedly anymore. So like if if, if this one's talking about twenty years later, there's still enough room for you could revisit Janet ten years on as the assassin, mm-hmm. and then you know Alyssa and Darius are trying to like get her out or something. Yep. Because. I, I ran I, I ran this by my wife and I used the term like, oh yeah, we're right in a book we're you know, we're about a space cop. Right? I just called you know, I said space cop because like that that gives it broad enough of a brush that you know, she could understand without me going into super details. And I pitched her my ending. Yeah. And then she's like, Well, I don't know if I like it because the space cop loses, but I'll remember it. Like it's different. I didn't see it coming, and I'm like, I don't think people would. I, I, I think, I don't think people would see it coming. Um, I don't, and I, and I think that it's open ended enough. It's the beginning of something, to where we can revisit the characters on book three or in the series of short stories or something, to. You know, 20 years is a long time to deprogram her, to put her and Alyssa out on the frontier. You know, in, in my version, Alyssa still survives. Um, and, and because I kept I kept reading the book, the draft that we have, and I'm like, oh, if she ends up as the assassin, when the whole book, she's like, I need to be better. I'm trying to, you know, I feel like I don't have control. I didn't, and then you realize, oh, of course you don't feel like you do because you're not meant to. You're the you're you know you're a long gestating prototype for an assassin. So it's so kind of like you've read 1984, I'm sure at some point. So you know how the, the book 1984 strikes. It begins with the phrase, you know, it was a bright cold day in April and all the clocks were striking 13. The kind of ending you're envisioning for the Airbus effect is all this, like, you know, the clock struck 12, all was well, or something like, you know, Janet, Janet was right where she needed to be, all was well, or something like that. And she fulfilled her ultimate purpose, which was to be the next assassin. And as- So maybe what we could do, and this is again, just me throwing out an idea, we could add a chapter on at the end where it's like, we, we sort of extend this story so it's like, maybe like an epilogue almost. So where it's yeah. like Janet is the assassin now and Alyssa is like Alyssa shows up on Europa and she's like hey and it's like hey there it's like hey Detective Maroney yes I've got a mission for you yes and, and, then, and then the next book is pitching us Darius maybe we can even stretch this into four books why the fuck not more books are always better you know maybe the, mean, the third book could be bringing Janet back and then the fourth book is like you know bringing Janet back over the course of like the mid 2050s or late 2050s during the Zarn uprising like maybe like maybe the Zarn uprising is ongoing because it starts in 2357 goes all the way through the end of the Conus crisis in 2361 so it's like the whole shit the whole system's in a shit in a fucking shit show because the Zarn uprising um, if I haven't ever told you this, my idea for the Zarn Uprising, a big part of it basically came from the Android Uprising in Picard Season 1. Yes. So that's basically what happens with Zarn. It's like Zarns all over the solar system rise up and decide, hey, we're going to have a revolution now. Um, because if you end it with this, if you end the Erebus effect with this uh, 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 just firebrand fucking 
like like she's she's a a ruthless killing machine right like she's and and, and if you end it with her and she is just the the bluntest of instruments the most forceful protagonist losing I just had a brilliant go ahead keep going I just had a wonderful idea how this ties into future stories too then then it will show the reader just how dire the overwhelming situation is it'll give because when we talk about the Zaharad uprising in several books later we'll say oh we saw where that began but what do you got yeah the thing I was going to say is talking about how Janet is like this just basically this born killer who would make a perfect assassin when we meet her again after the time jump you know 15 year time jump or whatever it is in um you know 2374 i think would be that would be that which is the 20 years after the at the Arabes effect and um you know, the, the, the ica is looking for janet looking for Alyssa, looking for these people and they send moira after them moira is a little bit younger than janet and Alyssa. she's like eight years younger than janet which i guess he's six years younger than Alyssa. i've obviously got all the like all their birth years and stuff plotted out because i'm I'm a completionist when it comes to my lore, um, but you know, uh, Janet is like eight years older than Laura Halleck, so she would make like a great elder sibling type slash elder cousin role, and she might be able to help Moira come into a little bit more of her own as a person because Moira is basically the same as Janet is. Like I said a minute a little a little bit ago, she's a blunt instrument who basically is sent after problems and told make that go away. So Janet can basically pull her aside, sort of like that. This is like the fulfillment of Jan Janet's character arc. It's basically her being able to pull Moira aside as they're like busting Zarn heads and alliance heads and everything else, and say, "Hey, kid, here's the thing. You may you may think you know how the world works, but you don't. You need to understand there's more to life than just bashing problems flat with a hammer." You know, you need to find something that you care about again, because, you know, again, part of the reason that Moira is the way she is, is she was injured during the Zarn Uprising and her sister was killed. Her, she and her sister both were like orphans from Titan and they were adopted by the ICA and they were raised to be soldiers. And the thing about Moira is that she basically has, she basically has a condition where she doesn't feel fear. She makes like a perfect soldier, like, you know? Yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's like, She's, she, it makes her kind of an interesting character. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, you know, so she's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about, about your, like, your, like, family and all that stuff. But it's, it's obviously deep down, everyone does. Even yeah. people who claim they don't, they need something. Everyone needs something. And if they haven't found it yet, they need to find it. And that's what Janet can tell Moira is you need to find something to care about and dedicate yourself to it. And that sort of sets, Moira on this path towards where she is 15 years later in the Frontier Wars, where she ends up becoming sort of like a like a sort of a helper for characters like Matt, Devin, and Sam, you know, the three main characters that I've told you about who you haven't met yet. She ends up becoming sort of like a contact for them during the war against the Alliance of the Zards. Okay, so and but if I'm reading this correctly. Book one, you like my pitch? Yes, I like it. I, I, I wasn't sure at first, 
but I, I like it now that we've workshopped it a little bit because now we've found out how to incorporate it into the lore, which is which is now now we're thinking of like adding maybe an epilogue to the Erebus effect, maybe adding a third like a, a third or rather a fourth technically book to this to this canon. Um, now we're cooking with gas, as you like to say. Yes, yes, I I. Uh... I apologize if my language might have been too blunt earlier. Oh, but I was just like, she serves no purpose past this point. It's for it's just it's just how my brain works. No, um, I get it. I, I, it's kind of a cold like I look at narrative like cold and dispassionately. Um so end of book one, Janet loses. And then it kind of shows where the Zahar uh, you're 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 laying the seeds for the Zahar uprising. Because a couple books later, the, the Zahar uprising will happen. Right, like book three, where Alyssa and Darius are trying to like save Janet, or Janet is like this evil spy. Maybe Janet's after them. I don't know. And so you kind of have this mirror of the assassin after Janet in the first book, but then you've got the Janet, who is now the assassin after Darius and Alyssa, and but they're like so trying to rescue her. So if anything, here's my here's my here's my crazy thought number x out of however many um the erebus effect is sort of a spiritual sequel slash prequel to the i'm sorry the europa goodbye god i'm mixing my, 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 i'm mixing up the names I'm, I'm oh, you're good. the the europa goodbye is sort of a spiritual sequel slash prequel to the erebus effect but it's actually more of a standalone because it's sort of pitch it's sort of spinning off its own offshoot which is about darius adventures on europa yeah the second book in the erebus effect Triptych is the one where Darius and Alyssa rescue Alyssa, uh, Janet, and then J Darius helps Janet and Alyssa flee to Pluto or something. And then the third exactly. book is where Moira hunts them down, and it's sort of bringing everything full circle. Because in the second book, where they're rescuing Janet, also, and if I remember this correctly from your lore, that's when all hell is breaking loose with the Zaharan uprising. Yes, and it's Zaharan. It just, I, I know. Well, no, you're fine. I, I, I know. If I'm, a, if I'm a part of the universe, I should know how to say the words correctly. I, that's I get you. No, it, it, I, I've noticed that I just I didn't I don't like correcting people like that I'm good friends with because it's like rude. But you can correct me when I'm wrong. That's okay. Well, it's yeah. It's the, the Z is the H is basically silent. The Zarn, the Zarn basically it, it's it's just oh, like it, it's basically pronounced it's basically pronounced Z A R A N. Yes. Got it. I just didn't want, I didn't want to spell it that way because I don't know how the spelling for Zarn came about, but Zarns are one of the first things that actually one of the oldest things in the Spacer Saga universe. I remember I still lived on the northwest side of Indy when I came up with them. So that would have been at least 2007 at the latest. So probably 2006 or 2005. So this is, we're looking at like a friggin' like 16 or 17 year old bit of lore at least. Yeah, never, never worry about correcting me on the uh, if I'm wrong with lore, if I'm wrong with pronunciation. Uh, I'm I'm on your team, you know. Yeah. We're a team on this, and so it is my responsibility to, at the very least, say the words right. That's like <laughs> that's like being an actor on Star Trek and be like, "Oh, when did the Jedi get here?" Oh Lord! Like you're way off, dude. Um. But okay, I'm glad you like my pitch because oh fuck, I loved it so much when I thought of it. I'm like, I really hope I can sell this to him. 
And I didn't like it. I'll admit. I'll admit. I was a little bit. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to quite how to how to describe it quite because it's not. It's definitely not like I felt. Like I think that you remember me feel. You remember the way I responded when when you were trying to change things back, like you know, three or four years ago. Um, you didn't but look. We've come like so far from there because yeah. now, I mean, I I sort of rebelled a little bit when you pitched this new ending, but then I was, but I was willing to work with it. I was willing to work with it, and and as we talked about it more, I was like, ooh, yeah, this is something I can work. This is something I can make happen because I see the value. Because again, I've worked with you long enough now. And not just that I've worked with you long enough now. I know you better now to know mm-hmm. that your ideas have merit. Mm-hmm. They obviously have merit. You know, I wouldn't work with you if, you, if they didn't. You know, I mean, this probably wouldn't work if your if your if my if your ideas didn't have a place in my lore. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna run with this. Let's see what he has to say. And sure enough, the more we talked about it, the more I got on board. It's it's killing some darlings. Yes. It's definitely killing some darlings. And it, it, it takes it in an interesting direction because the way I have it now, even I can admit, it's kind of generic. It's kind of like, oh, well, they basically write off, they literally write off into the sunset, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like they, you know, they, they kill the assassin together and they ride off into the sunset. So what? The way you, the way we have now sort of spun it together, it's basically a the good guy loses, but the good guy's best friend goes to track down her ex-husband and they decide and basically it's left kind of like i can't the only the only freaking example i can think of is actually from red versus blue there's this there's a, there's a bit in one of the later seasons of red versus blue that you probably would have never seen um where they've spent the whole season showing flashbacks from this project where like the freelancers were trained and sure. at the end of the season um they they bring church back and put him in a body and it's like, what the hell did you do that? I was happy. I was dead. And they, and then Carolina, one of the freelancers there, it's like, hey, Church, hey, Alpha, you're going to help me kill the director. And this is like the guy they've been basically showing as the leader of the Project Freelancer all these flashbacks. That's the only example I can think of. It's not really a good example because you don't know the references. And most of our audience probably won't either. But that's kind of the, the, the gist of what I'm going for. It's like basically what the way it ends, the, you know, the, the, the last chapter in the book ends with Janet like going under as they're like reprogramming and she's like rebelling and fighting and then it like cuts out and then there's like a white space and then it's basically like maybe like, maybe it's like half a page or maybe maybe a page maybe less than a page maybe less than half a page of Janet in her new role being like you know she's she was out on she was out on out on the hunt she got an assignment she's everything was how it was meant to be because um, she's now accepted the way she is because obviously she has no choice she's been programmed and then the epilogue is on Europa and we have Darius in his precinct you know just sort of going through the motions doing his daily doing his daily routine and they, someone's like hey hey Maroney there's some chick here to see you and he's, like, and he's like who the hell could this be and he goes out and it's Alyssa Yukon's like who are you who the fuck are you and she's like hey I think we have a mutual friend I bet you're going to help me. You're going to help me find your ex-wife, and we're going to and we're going to deprogram her. Yes, yes. And then the next book after that is the Europa Goodbye, which kind of establishes the Darius character and gives all of the all of the backstory for Darius. And then after that, you pick up from book one, and then and by book four, it's twenty years later, and then Alyssa and 
Janet are off in the cosmos doing their thing. I think this really works. And and if you want, I can do because I haven't written this yet. I wanted to talk to you about this mm-hmm. because again, you can always say no to things. You don't have to say yes to everything I say. Um because I think this works the best when one of us is the final authority and creative and like you're the final authority on the creative stuff. I'm the final authority on the business stuff. And if we want to do a thing, we got to pitch it to each other, yep. you know? So, so that way we both feel like we have a specific ownership of a component of it, but also we have say in the other component, we have our voices. Have middle ground. Yeah, there's a middle ground. We're both open up to talking about it. That's really cool. I will write a draft of this ending for you if you like your thing well because that's the beauty of it is you know we we're so used to pitching things back and forth anyway in terms of doing like revisions so even if there's like things that i want to end up changing about the ending or like rewording we can always do that that's the beauty of it like i said this isn't this isn't a published book this isn't like a blog post that we're trying that i'm editing on the fly after it's been published this is a book that hasn't been published yet so this is the part where we make it nice so when it does get published it will be the best it can be and I just, I, I, because, you know, I, and forgive me if I'm not subtle or I don't know, man, it, it, it's like, sometimes I just say words and I'm just like a bull in a China shop and I try not to be because I care so much about you. And I don't want to be an ass. Like Funnily said, enough, bulls in China shops apparently are not all that destructive. I don't know if you ever watched that Mythbusters episode. They made like a fake China shop, like with real China on fake shelves. They let a bull in there and it like avoided everything. There you so, go. It's weird. But anyway, that is my, that's my random shtick of the day. So like you said, it's a bit generic, the ending where they mm-hmm. literally ride off into the sunset. And I kept thinking, how would, if I'm reading this, what's the thing that I wouldn't see coming that would stick with me that I would fucking love? Because if I, w- I would think about it for days after, oh, she loses. And I'm like, oh, how do you make, sh- how to make it lose? But, and okay, I'll write that. And oh, that's exciting. I'm really glad that you're that you're a bo- I could I could convince you on this. I was like, okay, think this out, have it logic, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was I was hoping to maybe talk a little bit about um, about your, your glowing review of chapter seventeen. I think it is the one where it was basically yeah. the start and the end of Darius and Janet's relationship. Yes, it was really good. It was, it was. I was hoping you'd like that. Oh, it was a thing of fucking beauty. Um, and you know, not to, not to hang too bright a lantern on it. You haven't been in a relationship like that yourself. I've never been in a relationship. Yeah, and to write about one without having the experience of one that competent is impressive like seriously like i've been in you know like some relationships are just destructive and toxic and just you hate yourself you hate the other person you hate everyone around you because nothing's the way it should be and and you show 
like I had almost no notes on that. Like I, I, I there was a couple lines I tripped, right? There's a couple sentences where I could, they're like if a sentence had seven words, I could take out three and make the sentence work still, right? That's it. There's a few of those. But like the mechanics of it, the mechanics of the relationship on a first time fucking like pass, like it's, 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 it's no notes, man. It's beautiful. It works. It's believable. It's, it's authentic. Um, I mean, yeah. The main thing I wanted to capture in that chapter when I envisioned it, because I, I pretty much envisioned it as being a two part chapter right from the get go. Like the first half is them is their like first meeting, literally. They're like convalescing together in a military hospital after they've both been injured on Titan near the end of the war. And they're like, and Darius is kind of like being, Darius is being Darius. He's like a smooth talker. And she's kind of, they're both kind of drugged up. And it kind of, you probably, you probably noticed this. It's like, he's, it's touches on a, a couple of times on how she's like, is this just, is this just the pain medication talking or is he actually really interesting? Um, and it's like, they hit it off because they have things in common. They're both kind of like type A personalities. They hit it off. The end of the second half of the chapter is the end of their relationship, basically. Like basically their last time together. They are on their way to this. I actually like talked with my mom um, about like how her like relationship with my dad ended. And like, you know, part of the reason I set the ending of their relationship in December of 2346 at least I think that's where, where, where it is set now is because that's, you know, 19 December of 1996 is the year is, is when my mom and dad's marriage technically ended when they actually officially divorced. And okay. so Jen and Darius have been married for about four years by this point. They basically got married when they got home from Titan um, after sort of dating while they were in the hospital and dating during their like end of their deployment. Um, having a brief brief courtship period and then they got divorced they separated for a while after janet got hurt in on ganymede because again for the sake of our listeners who haven't yet read this story and have none of the lore probably yet aside from things they may have heard in other episodes um janet you know darius wanted to start a family he, he, always, he always wanted to start a family he's like i'm done with the military i saw all i need to see I'm traumatized, I'm fucked up, and I know it, and I want to put that part of my life behind me and maybe start a family. Janet was fucked up too, but she also wanted to go career. They stand, you know, again, obviously this is something we've, that you added to this story, which I think is really, obviously beautiful, really isn't the right term, but very touching, which is the the idea they had a miscarriage. They tried to start a family and it didn't work. It yeah. blew up in their faces. That's part of what made Janet go back into on active duty and she went to Ganymede as a peacekeeper and got her and got badly hurt, which is actually when she gets replaced as, as, as a Zarn. Like they, they take her consciousness and put her in a Zarn body because apparently the, I think the lore is that she actually wasn't supposed to make it. And the corporation stepped in to help her and actually replaced her with a Zarn infiltrator. And it had her, had her memories, had her, had her consciousness, all of these things. Um, and then after they separated for a little while, or separated for a little while, they ended up divorcing in December of 2346. And this, the second half of this chapter, to go back to the original topic of what we're talking about, the second half of this chapter basically is them on the tram in Aldern City on Mars, or whatever city I ended up setting it in. I can't remember if it was Aldern City or not. But they were they're on their way to basically the courthouse to mm -hmm. sign the paper to say, hey, we're no longer married. And it's basically just Darius, again, sort of being the 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 smooth talker 
Except in this case, he's saying, he's saying, hey, do you have anything? Do you have any plans? Do you know what you're going to do now that you don't have a place or don't have a place yeah. to live or whatever? And um, he just, he, you know, he mentions, oh, I think I'm going to go to Europa and, you know, get away from all this. And she's like, well, I'm going to stay. Now, she's, by that point, she's like already doing the start of the, of the ALCA Academy, the basically federal academy, whatever you want to call it. Um, sort of like, you know, the academy for, it's basically like Quantico for FBI agents. Yeah. Um, and she says, I'm going to stick with that and see where it takes me or something along those lines. And that's basically how it goes. And they just sort of, they don't really know what to say to each other because it's how do you, how do you talk to someone who you, you still remember loving, but you can't remember being in love with, if that makes any sense. That's, that hits, that hits, man. That hits really accurate. Like, that's really good. And again, like you said, I have no experience with this, so all of my knowledge of this is all gained secondhand. Well, kind of, kind of what I like about your writing is, is you're such a fucking sponge of everything, of information, of lore, of different concepts and ideas and stuff, and and, and you're such an you're in you're an information sponge, and so you're pretty good at uh, taking different concepts, ideas, love, relationships, the military, space, and even though you've never experienced some of these things firsthand you're a gifted enough writer to make it believable you know and and what's really cool is you talked about lore earlier like oh lore in real life that's just life experience and you're getting a taste of that now off in the world and which is really cool and what I'm really excited for, right? And I'm, I'm excited to work on all of these things, but what I'm anticipating too is, you know, I don't know if you know this, most of all of the characters I create are uh, army medics because I'm not super inventive, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm writing myself at different points in my life. Tommy Sampson and Winston Carmichael are just me at different points in the timeline. That's it. But you write characters that aren't you, right? Like, for the first 30 years of your life, all of your life experience was in your... in. I hope this doesn't sound bad. Was in your imagination creating the Spacer Saga fueled by other inputs the normal normal experience is fueled by inputs throughout the world interactions with people and situations organizations whatever all of yours were generated by stargate by the expanse by star trek by isaac asimov by robert heinlein by the great writers uh, 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 of science fiction and so you're actually able to generate realistic characters based on experiences you didn't have. I can't do that. <laughs> Not really. I can generate characters. Well, they're like adjacent to experiences I had, right? Like I could see a character, someone I kind of knew, and I'm like, oh, I could probably do that a little bit. 
Great. I, think hit, I think you hit on a really good, really good point there, and it's that it's it's even for experience. If it's based on experiences you don't have, it's all extrapolation. Yeah. It's all adjacency. It's all adjacency principle. It's all taking this and moving it one step to the left or right or whatever, and moving it one step more, one step more, so on and so forth. All the characters I've ever made, no matter how much they may be based on me or not, um, and many of them have shades of me in them, which we've talked about on here, I think. Um, they're all based on people, you know. I yeah. name them after people. You, oftentimes, I like steal names from people that I know in real life or people I've heard about in real life, and I base parts of them on people that I've known because, um, you know, even, even people that I've not known, like a lot of it comes from again, like you said, movies and TV. Like watching movies and TV and reading books, you know, listening to pod, listening to other podcasts, listening to books on tape. Um, I take the traits from these characters that I've absorbed and I regurgitate them in new forms. You, know, you just take this raw material and you use it as clay to make things on the pottery wheel, so to speak. Yeah, and, and, and this isn't to say you haven't experienced life, but you spent the first 30 years living at home, going to school, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now you're out in the world, you're working in NASA, you're, you're rubbing elbows with the most brilliant people in the planet. And, but before that, you wrote about a bloodthirsty space cop, like, you know, a female space cop at that. And so you have this feminine character with a lot of masculine traits, or traditionally masculine traits to them that's doing a job that you've never had in a place you've never been in a situation you've never really been a part of and, and it's 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 really impressive like i don't do stuff like that my or like i wrote a character in agent there i wrote a series called agent z and the zombie slayers it's a middle-aged veteran dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder wasn't much of a stress now i don't have ptsd from a war or anything i have my own fun sadness from different life events but still i wrote the first episode in the height of the pandemic in like G december of 2020 right when things were real sad <laughs> so it was me working that out but like you know, he's a middle-aged veteran and all of his friends are dead and he feels all alone. And I'm like, yeah, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, again... I, your characters aren't a one-for-one -one analog for you. And I really think that's impressive. Well, I think another thing you touched on when you were at, when you were giving me nice compliments about Chapter 17, you said something like um, you're, that I'm more attuned to emotion than I give myself credit for. And oh, yeah. I, think the, I think the thing that really that, that really belies is that as an autistic person, maybe or maybe as the specific type of autistic person that I am. I mean, obviously, other people experience autism and express autism in different for different very various different ways than I do. But the way it expresses for me is that I have to focus on emotion. The downside to that is it makes emotional expression and basically being a regular human taxing makes it and you know that's part of why i'm introverted that's part of why i'm so shy to around people that i don't know very well usually because it takes extra energy to put on that show i basically am acting every day the upside to that however is that it means that i have to absorb that everything i know i've had to learn and that makes me a very good student of human behavior 
because yeah. I've had to I've had to observe and absorb everything that I know about humans secondhand, basically by like being a Richard Attenborough. Here we see the wild, you know, teenage students in their natural habitat. Watch as they watch as they cavort and, and, and gossip amongst one another. That's that sort of crap. Um, I had to do that my entire life, and doing that long enough you get really good at approximating those sorts of behaviors. It's basically basically doing like a Steve Buscemi bit from, I want to say SNL, where he's like, how do you do, fellow kids? You know, um, it's basically that, but all the time. I, and, and I get that. And, and I'm glad that you're able to kind of be yourself with me. And, yeah. you know, like I can tell you're not like acting or anything. And, you know, you're never rude, but, um, and what was, okay, so another thing I want to touch on was, I think I challenged you, I guess, to, to, to do a thing, and I say challenge, and like, you know, like, you should do this with this thing, and, and, and when I said that when they get to Baba Yaga's, uh, I think I pitched, Darius Maroney's brother being there as sort of like the emotional crux of the chapter uh, of of like the reason why it's there like what what purpose does this chapter serve being here and uh, you didn't do that which is totally cool again you're the final proving authority of the spacer saga if you don't want Janet to be an assassin she's not an assassin flat out but in that chapter um, you have this scene between her and Alyssa and they're talking. I don't remember exactly what they said, but this is really kind of like quiet, intimate scene of two people talking. And, and, and that wasn't there when I sent you the response, was it? I don't know. Because I know, again, just again. I think that was you. I think you wrote that. Probably, I'd have to look at it. And again, even then, I probably wouldn't remember. Because I know for a fact, the idea that Janet and Alyssa are close, like close, um, like, you know, there's a, there's a... Like they thought about dating once or twice? Yeah, like that, that's that kind of the, that's kind of the implication that you you probably picked that up a couple of times in the story. It's like you know they, they they thought about being close, but you know they didn't really know if they wanted to. You know Janet wasn't really sure if she wanted to try that again. You know Alyssa is just a little bit too um, too too closed too closed up anyway, and that sort of thing. But the again the way the story is written now, by the end of the story, they're basically like, hey, you know, we like each other's all we've got. You know, yeah. there's that bit in the current in the current version before we've done the edits that you've suggested that I want to run with. I, I'm pretty, I'm basically 99.9 percent .9 sure I want to run with. Um, I'll get you a draft, and then you can see what I have on paper. And we, we can run, we can run from there. Because, like I said, I'm I'm gonna run with it. I just I just you know I always it's like to keep my options open. You know how I am. Um, that's it. It's a way to the What? It's a risk, but that's kind of why I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the reason, the way the story is written, the way the story was originally written, um, by the end of it, Janet and Alyssa are basically, um, you know, they're, they're best friends and they're basically on the way to being closer than friends. Because, yeah. again, you know, they're, they're all they've got. You know, it's, it's there's a bit in there where it's like, you know, they, they, they embraced when after Alyssa shoots the, the assassin and like there's a lot more than spoken in that embrace or something, whatever, however the fuck I phrased it. 
Um, basically, we can put that in the scene where Alyssa is convalescing at Baba Yaga's and she's saying like, hey, if we're gonna go do this, please be careful. I want you to come yeah. back. And that then of course leaves things open for why Alyssa is wanting to go rescue her. Cause it's not just her best friend. She's like, she's like, and say, hey, I understand that you may not be ready to try to trust again, but I'm ready when you are, that sort of thing. Yeah, Something along those lines. So that's, that's kind of like, she's just saying, hey, so that's why again, and the epilogue is like, hey, hey, hey Maroney, Let's go find your ex-wife so I can get my girlfriend back or something like that, you know. Basically, in as, in as many not as many words. I like that. Have it say that. Like, let's go find your ex-wife so I can get my girlfriend back. There's a lot of complexity in that sentence. <laughs> um, that's good. That's really good. I like that. And 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 yeah, I it it seemed like two people that were close that seemed like they might date but they weren't sure but they were just like close like there was an affection there and you know but there's also like an assassin and a plot and a whole lot of other shit going on so sometimes you're like hey maybe we should stop the robot uprising before we decide if we want to go on a date or not yeah which is fair i think um yeah yeah i mean Part of the, and again, this is getting into the weeds of like like further storytelling we have that I haven't even planned out, let alone written yet. But part of the idea in having the third book be like Moira going to look for Alyssa and Janet is that Janet and Alyssa basically get a happy ending. It basically gets right off into the sunset in that sense, is that when, when Moira tracks down Darius and then Darius ends up taking, sort of taking, taking Moira to them, because he realizes this could actually help things, not, you know, might actually help, help some people. Because by the time Moira goes to hunt them down, the frontier wars are on. So it's like 15 years after the Zarn Uprising, and the system is even further in the shit. And they realize that by getting a hold of this list of who the Zarn infiltrators are, they might be able to do some good. Because of that, um, when they hunt, when they finally track down Janet and Alyssa, they're basically living as an old sort of, you know, unmarried best friends couple on on Pluto. And again, there's the, 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 the joke. The joke I was going to say is that there's a, there's a thing I read, or it's like there's a post from some social media that was shared on Instagram, and it was like my dad just discovered that his that his unmarried aunt, that the apartment his unmarried aunt has lived in for 20 years with her best friend. It has only one bedroom, and he's very he's very surprised. And he says, "Where's Irene sleep? On the couch? She's too old for that. She's 83. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I like something that. like that. That's funny. We kind of like they're clearly married, but it's subtle. I guess I get, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this. I like your plan for this. I'm I'm streamlining a lot of what I do. I. Yep. I had other sort of podcast projects to have with other friends and I realized, oh, I'm overextending myself. So I kind of pulled back and I'm focusing on this with you. I'm I want to focus on getting the book out. Um, the reason why I made sure to make this big grand pitch to you, especially today on the podcast, because for one, it's a great episode, right? This is going to be an episode titled something like, what purpose does your character serve or something yep. as it slowly becomes a how to write podcast. And 
but also like what I said to you was going to be like my final draft that I do. And then what you send back to me, that's it. Yep. You know, um, I'm kind of thinking maybe we, we, we send the first chapter, you know, maybe my wife reads the first chapter, maybe a few other people read the first chapter, but you know, I mean, then we get it prepped for publication. Okay. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking the first Monday in January. Yep, sounds good. And, and that'd be perfect because that's January is the start of 2024, which will be about the 20th anniversary of me making the Spacer Saga. I love it. So our... <laughs> Our big year starting to publish things and, and like in, 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 in our big year of starting to publish things in for real will be 20 years of doing it. 20 years of me doing it. So it'll be kind of a nice, a nice milestone. I, I love it. I thought that that's really good. And, and that doesn't take anything away from what we did a couple of years ago with Space oh, sure. One, but that was more of a, um, it's a proof of concept. Like you said. Yeah. It's like we said, it's more like, testing the waters it's yeah and you know i we weren't ready to do to work on this level this was sort of the partnership i envisioned back then but we both weren't there and And i don't know i didn't really have anything envisioned i was just kind of like hey this this seems cool so i'm probably i'm probably in a better place to meet you halfway anyway there you go and 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 I am always, and I am always grateful for how open you are to sharing your imaginary toys. And I hope you see any sort of criticism or critique. It, it, I speak in blunt action verbs, right? No, you're like, fine, dude. I you, think it, we were talking about that the other day. Obviously, you talk. That's how that's how military folks talk. It's how you're yeah. it's how you're taught to talk. Um, but you know, having so many arguments with people that they don't like, I don't know how to, I'm not the guy who's like, I'm just like, Hey, these are words that I'm thinking that there, there's not, you'll never wonder what I think, right? You'll always know where I stand and any sort of, any sort of action verbs I use to work on the spacer saga is only because I believe in it so fucking much. And, and and I believe in you, and I believe in what we're doing. Yep. But with that, I think we can wrap up there, and we'll talk a little bit after. For the Blanket Fortress of Solitude, I am Derwin. I am Nick. We will see you next Monday morning at 0700. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I? Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? No, today I 
uh, I finished the rewrite of chapter eight for uh, the Erebus effect. Mm-hmm. And I, I took a lot of the language, the paragraphs you already had. And I kind of took the ideas that you want to get across where this kid is just like, no, nah, you know, like, Let's like, go bust some heads. Uh, yeah, the, the, but I made her a private first class instead of an, a corporal because Spaces first class. Sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever an E3 is in the space report, because the, the idea where you're at a forward operating base and then someone you really like gets killed. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to put on my gear and go find that person, kill them. And then you're going to go off by yourself and do it. It's such a, it's such a profoundly stupid idea that it would be an E3 idea, right? <laughs> Someone who's been in long enough and has done a few patrols to kind of have an idea of how, how like a mission works. And then they're like, oh, I can, man, I can do this whole mission on my own. And then, uh, uh, but the, what I have is, you know, I, I wrote the character from Veterans of the Veteran War, Tommy Sampson, as the NCOIC of the Battalion Aid Station on FOB Nighthawk, right, mm-hmm. over in the Titan. And I took all of your, like, descriptions of it. I took your description of uh, uh, people, the, you know, putting on the breathing apparatus and, like, the, the helmets or whatever. Yep. And, and he just you know, he's just desperately trying to stay awake and he's so tired. And then he's looking out the atmosphere window and then uh, he sees a, sp- a lone spacer in a full combat load with a full, a three-day rucksack just walking toward the main gate. And he kind of cocks his head to the right. And then he's like, hey there, hard charger, where are you going? He says it over the mic. And all he gets is a middle finger in response. He goes over there and he's like, he says, hey, Harkoff, go to the aid station now. And then kind of talks her through, you know, she's grieving. And she's just, it's like if you have somebody that's just old enough to really fuck up their life. And he says, hey, if you do this, if you leave this aid station before your NCO comes here to get you, you will be arrested by the military police. You will be busted down to E1 and you will be incarcerated for six months. Or you can stay here. We can talk until your boss gets here. And then we can pretend this didn't happen. Because he gets that she fucking is grieving, is, is, is. Yeah, you know. she's t- she's the type of person who the way she grieves isn't to like ball her eyes out in the corner. She's the type of person who grieves by like punching walls. In a way, balling your eyes out is a healthier way of doing it. Yeah, right. It's, in a manner of speaking, yes, but she yeah, that's not that's not how Janet Harkov is wired. The reason she joined the Space Corps is because she's not the type of like, well, you know, you could say woman, but just not not the type of person to to like. You know, just cry and 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 suffer quiet. Just cry and suffer personally. She's the kind of person who's like, you know, I want to go out there and bust some heads, like I said a minute ago. But 
yes, but the way the way that this, but you you get where this the way I'm rewriting this. Right? Oh yeah, no, 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 I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not refuting what you're saying. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm backing up what you're saying by saying that's okay. why Janet is doing what she's doing. Sorry, that's why she's like, I like because. I like I like I like the, the the like dimension you're adding to this because you're adding the the again sort of like you did with Winston in in the Europa Goodbye and or as we're doing with Winston in the Europa Goodbye you're adding the season NCOs perspective to this where it's like or as you as again to sort of paraphrase what you said because I have a terrible memory and I can't remember exactly how you worded it already because even though it's like two minutes ago. It's, you know, okay. hey, we're going to talk about this and then we're going to just sort of, you know, go on down the road. Whereas, you know, if you were to go outside the wire and try and go hunt down the draconists who killed the lieutenant, you're either going to get killed outright or you're going to get captured and you're going to get your head cut off or bashed in or something along those lines. When he's talking to her and he's like, he's serving two masters here. Right or, or two purposes here, mm -hmm. uh, because he's saying, "Hey, you, you need to stay here until basically." It's kind of like if a small child like wandered off, you'd say to that kid, "Hey, you need to stay here until your daddy comes to pick you up." All right, like yeah. if there's a five-year-old errant like little kid somewhere, but um, because yeah, like I think. If I remember the if I remember the timetable of this part of the story, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just I'm just again throwing out some throwing out some detail from like the like the world building perspective. At this point in the story, Janet's probably twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, I think she's twenty. Yeah, yeah, because she's because sure. I'm pretty that. sure I'm pretty sure in like the the main body of the story, the part that the part that's like set where she and Alyssa are, you know, hunting down or trying to chase leads in this conspiracy, the Erebus conspiracy, basically, um, is set in 2354. And I'm pretty sure this, the flashbacks are set 15 years before that, which is uh, 2339. And she's like 36 or 37, I want to say, in yeah. 2354. So she'd be like 22. Because the, the spacer core is a little bit different. And this is something that I probably should have told you ages ago, so I apologize. But a little bit of lore about the spacer core. You can join at 18, but most people join at 19 because the spacer core, um, again, for the sake of our listeners and for you, Derwin, who's now part of this world building you know, situation, the, the general age of admittance or spacer core, instead of being 18 like it is in like the US military, for example, like the age of the age of adulthood, is when you turn 10 in Martian years. And a Martian year is about 1.88 Earth years. So you're about 19 when you matriculate into like the into boot camp, basically. And boot camp, um, I know I know that it lasts longer in, in real life even than most people think because you know there's boot camp and then there's AIT and other things that you actually do before you can like be a regular soldier. But in the Spacer Corps, it takes at least a year because they not only have to teach you how to be a soldier, they have to teach you how to like use your EVA suit. They have to teach you how to like do EVA emergency maneuvers because again, you're going to be traveling in space. So they're basically teaching you to not just be a soldier, but how to be an astronaut too. And they give you a crash course in that over the course of about a year, maybe a year and a half. So you go in when you're like 18 or 19, you come out and you're about 20 or 21. 
And then that's a space for first class, which is like, an, I guess, an E2 to, to use the military terminology. So Jana is either an E2 or an E3, which I think is like a senior spacer, um, sort of like senior airman in the, in the Air Force or whatever. Um, so yeah, she's, she's, she's not like, she's not green. She's not, she's not super young, but she's also still pretty young. So she's kind of in that sweet spot where it's like, like you said, she's basically a small child of the military. In the military, she's has just enough experience to get herself and probably several other people killed on her, her behalf. Yeah. Cause she's, and this is, this is her first, like the first couple months of her deployment on Titan. So here's what I have. Um, uh, Tommy's response to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, uh, oh, you don't really give a shit that he's dead, do you? Intel indicates that the missiles were fired from a valley about 20 clicks out. If we can just triangulate their lost position, we can track down and get them down and get justice for Lieutenant Lane. Prior first class, Janet Harkoff said, scowling at the staff sergeant, how dare he even presume to contradict her, let alone tell her no. Never mind Tommy was on the evac team that flew in to grab pepper never mind the note pepper handed tommy on the bird that was meant for pepper's father never meant the hours that they spent working on pepper the night before the blood on tommy's hands that he couldn't quite seem to wash off no this ignorant child with as much time and service as tommy socks was going to explain the nature of war and the responsibilities of ncos (laughs) tommy took a a deep breath and said this is your first deployment, right? He asked, trying to keep his professionalism and not lose his shit. But yeah, so that's, that's, I, I would, yeah, I was trying to think, how would I respond? I would yeah. just kind of just sit there and just like, just count to 10, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Basically, because I like, I like also like, there's just sort of to touch on some other stuff that you've added in, some other flavoring you've added in, other bits of like the flashbacks in the Erebus effect, um, which is what we're going to be calling it, I guess, now that we're mm-hmm. trying to, trying to basically start pitch, start, start, you know, um, what sort of publicizing the actual name. Um, yep. Which is well, known as shadow play. Yeah, no longer known as shadow play. It's spacers, the Airbus effect. Um, but there's a bit in the, I think the next flashback chapter that takes place on Titan, where Janet, it's like, which is set in like 2342, at least in my timeline. It's, it might have changed once or twice. It might have changed a couple of times. You saw it first, but it's it's the end, basically the end of the war, basically the end of the Titan. The Titan, the first Titan war lasts from 2335 to 2342. Um, which is the end of the first Draconis crisis, again, for just for the sake of argument. Um, and that's when the Alliance sort of boots, or sort of takes over and says, hey, we'll, we'll take it from here. You pull out and, you know, whatever. Um, so that by 2342, Janet has been on Titan for three years. And I like there's that bit in that chapter where he says, but after three years, she no longer cared what happened to the locals. Or however, I think I might have edited. So I think you said local nationals. I think I might have taken that with the nationals out just for the sake of, of, of clipping the sentence down so that it stay on two lines or something like that. So the paragraph would stay on two lines because I'm weird like that. But um, both it's and yeah, work. yeah it, 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 it shows how even in the course of three years, because this is all because, again, this is three years of war. You know, three, yeah. it's, it's it's not like um, three years because it's like the sort of rule I have for spacers in this in this setting is that they advance a, a lot closer to 
the way people advance, like in World War II, the way people yeah. advance, say, in today's military. Because in today's military, even if you're deployed like five or six times in Iraq or Afghanistan or both, it might take you, you know, it'll, it'll still take you a certain number of years to bump up the ranks, even as, as an enlisted person, as an officer or whatever. You know, you watch, I mean, again, I know this is fiction. It's a fictionalized account, but it's a fictionalized account of reality. You watch Band of Brothers, those guys who started off as like, you know, low ranking enlisted, like when they, when, when they, when they first, when they first dropped into Normandy, by the end of the series, they're like master sergeants or sergeants major or whatever the case may be. And they've, they've got like, they've got like three, they've got three, three chevrons and three rockers or however many, however many it is, you know, there's some of the guys, they, I may be, I may be misremembering this, but a lot of them, like they, 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 they went up through this, they went up, they went up pretty quick because, you know, um, I, I'm not disagreeing because mm -hmm. I don't really, I've never actually seen Band of Brothers, we which is something, which it's, I've been meaning to see for 20 years now. You need to right. wait and watch that when I can watch it with you. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with that because I don't, no, I haven't I seen it, so I don't really know the, the context. Uh, I do know I saw a guy in Iraq who was a supply sergeant. Okay, he, he ran a supply office as a corporal, as an E4, and and then 12 months later, we left Iraq, uh, and he was an E6. Hmm. And that's the fastest, that's probably the closest thing I saw to a battlefield promotion there, because he was shit hot with the commander's property book, and he made damn sure that her property book reflected that she didn't lose any items downrange and did not have to spend a dime on lost equipment. But um, yeah, so the, the quick promotion happens. Um, yeah, I, I don't know uh, from E3 to E8 real fast that yeah i don't know if it was that much maybe because i know now that i think about it the guys who were like e8 or maybe not e8 but like you know high-ranking sergeants I, again forgive my ignorance in the, you're okay. the workings of the military um but the guys who were high-ranking sergeants by the end of the war they were they were already ncos by the time they dropped into normandy i think they were probably like e4s or e5s um but that would make sense if you were like if you were an E2 and got you know if you dropped a Normandy e, again, I was in the this army 80 years after what we're talking about. So I could be wrong here. Um from my memory, from my perspective, dropping a Normandy Beach, going from like an E2 to an E5 or six, well, by the time you get to Berlin, couldn't make sense. You go from E5 to E8 by the time you get to Berlin, could make sense. It, um, you know, going up two, three, four rank, two or three ranks from Normandy Beach to Berlin, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't seen Band of Brothers, and this was seven years before my time, so I could be I could be completely wrong here, and I never want to be like I know everything for all time with the military. I don't. I could tell you, I I can really tell you how the global war on terror went. <laughs> like outside of that, I'm kind of, you know, I messing. get you. I get you. 
Yeah, I'm, um, really good. I'm really good at lore within like my own specific um, wheelhouse, which is used, which is mostly fictional stuff. Sure. Uh, mostly stuff I've made up over the years. Mm-hmm. You, you have the addition of having some lore from the real world, which again is part of why I originally brought these stories to you. If I remember correctly, when I originally reached out to you back in like 2016 or something, mm-hmm. um, or maybe a couple, maybe it was a couple years after that, but I originally reached out to you because I knew you were publishing books and I was like, you know, even if he doesn't want to do anything with it, because I didn't, I don't think I expect, this, this is sort of like getting into some like personal history between the two of us. I don't even think I expected you to do anything with it. I was just hoping you'd look at it, like give me some yeah. pointers on like how to make it better. When you yeah. like called me up one day, or like I think we, while you were having one of your Monon walks, and you were like, "Hey, I'd like to maybe publish this." I was like, um, "Do I have to pay you or something?" Oh God, no! Like I, 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 I never. Of course, I never made any money, so you know, there is a double-edged sword there. But I was always a big believer back in the day. In the previous incarnation of Divided by Zero books, of um, it, it's my job to generate revenue as a publisher, uh, and the customer should be the people that buy the book, not the author. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the author is more of a business partner, and but I should not be making my money off the author because if I do, well, I'm just you know I I. I Oh, excuse me. I saw so many people would um, take people for a ride. They would say, oh, you've got $1,500. That's all the money you have in the world. Come use my Kindle Direct publishing account. And, like, I'll, and, and basically do all of the shit that you could do for free with like six months of research on your own. They would charge them. Yep. And it would be it would be this terrible thing. And, and I'm and I would look at them and be like, what do you, you should not pay sometimes thousands of dollars to me to do a version of the thing you can do for free. And I cannot guarantee you success. I can guarantee you a finished product, but I can't guarantee you financial success. You know this because Spacers volume one, the first iteration, the proto version of what we're doing was not what you call rapid fire success. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think the most money you made off that story was when I bought the rights off you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got to have their first their first run out of the gate. Yeah, it's kind of interesting we have um I don't I wouldn't even really I I would definitely call it a success in that we have a good finished product there. The space yeah. Volume One. Yeah, it's it's more. So I don't I don't want to say it's the failed first attempt, but it's kind of. It's like a proof of concept. Proof of concept. That's a good one. And you know, like an early draft of the Spacers yeah. saga. Yeah, but, it's got. It's not even. It's not set in the right time. Technically, yeah. for, for its for its part of the lore, the lore isn't accurate. Like there's fast and light travel and stuff. But yeah. it's a good proof of concept. It basically says, "Hey, you know, you can a a complete novice to the Spacer Saga can crack open the space to you know Spacer's Volume One and look at it, and they would find seeds of things that have been in the Spacer Saga since before Spacers were published and are still in there. Things like the ICA, things like you know the war 
at least between with involving Mars, you know, all these different things, the artificials, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Lots of stuff that, that still, it still holds true today. 